Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in. My slap. My clap is really weak. Let me make sure that was... Oh, that's fine. My slap. My clap. My something and <laughs> my back. <laughs> it's... You know I know what, what it is. is though, right? I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make it, even though we curse all the time, not gross. <laughs> yeah, also, this is not necessarily going to show up for anybody but Rashad, who has the unfortunate task of listening to every fucking thing we say. Hey. Hey, Rashad. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Rashad. How you doing? Mm, I don't know if you want to put this in, but it's fun if you want to. Hey, everybody. <laughs> We're back with another <laughs> weekly jump. Uh, and uh, Good transition. <laughs> yeah. So we did read something and watch something, but it's been like a minute for me <laughs> because, you know, life. Uh, so we, Yeah, same for me. I definitely forgot what one of these was about for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's, Blake suggested we start with Ayakashi Triangle, and I'm down for that. So yeah. Uh, Tell me we're, what you thought, because I already revisiting. gave all my... <laughs> yeah, we're revisiting this uh, this manga for our page flips, Ayakashi Triangle, because this I think this is one of the first ones you covered. Actually, I'm going to look it up. So that we're on the 51st... Oh, man. We're on the 51st um, episode of the Monday Weekly Jump. You covered it in the 14th episode, which was over a year ago. So that was back when we uh, initially would cover five things a week. God, I can't even imagine that. Uh, I don't know how we did that. I mean, obviously, it was just two. It was it was two anime and one manga per person each week. But Spencer and I covered different manga, and we only shared one anime. So there were five things total, but we were covering different shit. Uh, and we didn't like that. We stopped doing it after a while so that we could talk about the same things that the other person had experienced because that's more fun and interesting. Uh, but some of those manga from early on, I wanted to revisit so that we could both read them. Ayakashi Triangle is one of them. I vaguely remember, Spencer, you covering it and the premise taking a weird turn and uh, I don't think you liked it very much. And I would say that I probably agree with whatever that was, because Ayakashi Triangle is about a, a young boy who has no friends because his family died in a car accident when he was young. And now he believes that getting close to someone is only going to end up with you getting hurt. So it's not worth it, except he has one friend that was with him from before that, who is a girl that uh, he's, he's really close with. Um, and they have a creepy assistant principal who has a creepy obsession with this girl, but then it turns out that the assistant principal is actually secretly her older brother, and the obsession is not sexual as it first seems, but is just deeply overprotective older brotherness. And he thinks that the main character is trying to get with the younger sister, and he uh, is going to kill the main character for that because it turns out that the younger sister's family is a, a family of assassins. And uh, the older brother is like the most dangerous one. And so the assassin family like takes in the main character and prepares to protect him from the older brother who shows up. 
and they propose that the main character gets married to the younger sister because then he will be part of the family and the older brother will be bound by the rules that they don't harm that they don't kill their family members. I guess harm might be a bridge too far because he does hurt some of them. Uh, they try to protect the guy. The guy doesn't want to get married because the girl didn't propose the idea. Also, they're like 14. Um, and then they end up getting married by the end of the chapter because the whole family gets, you know, incapacitated and the older brother's about to kill him and it's the only way out. And then it turns out that the girl really likes him. She doesn't seem to necessarily have romantic feelings for him. She just really likes him. It seems like they just have a long history with each other and warm feelings for each other. But she's like, that probably means that we'll be good partners. So I'm cool with this. And then the rest of the first three chapters are about him starting to train in their like murder house to become an assassin at their level because it turns out that the assassin families have this like semi-mystical genealogy thing going on in which every member of the family has special powers except one every other generation. And that one is the only one who can pass on special powers to the next generation or something. And so like the girl that he marries is the one that doesn't have special powers, but that is crucial to the survival and like propagation of this family. And so like their whole deal is to keep her safe and alive. And so now the main character's whole deal is that too, because she's his wife. And they're, you know, middle schoolers. So uh, this is yeah. this is a, a weird conflux of things. I thought that the character design was pretty good overall. There are some really fun members of the family. Um, they have interesting designs. They seem like they have interesting powers. And it seems like they can get into some situations that I would really enjoy. Uh, this series seems to be playing a little closer to the action comedy than the straight up action for my tastes. And so that's usually a strike against it. And I would say that uh, it worked for the most part for me while also feeling like, you know, if this were a bit more of a straightforward take, I would probably enjoy it more. I am obviously not a huge fan of um, anime series that are about uh, romance in general. I'm an action fan. I'm not a romance fan. Uh, but also because, as I've covered many, many times on this podcast, I I have deep reservations about the gulf between the kind of sexual politics of Japanese culture and the sexual politics of American culture, which is not necessarily to say that this anime is representing the sexual politics, because I feel like anime and manga definitely take liberties with a cultural divide that already exists to make it feel bigger. But as always, I'm just uncomfortable with over-sexualization of characters that are minors. And uh, while this manga somewhat miraculously almost entirely avoids over-sexualization, it has some sexualizing shots that I found extremely distasteful. But the characters themselves don't actually make sexual references like at all in the first three chapters. And that was really surprising and actually relatively refreshing but because it is ultimately about what amounts to a an unexpected coercive marriage between very young children i don't like that and it's not it's not sort of like the marriage in the traditional sense of like we are betrothed it's not the marriage in the traditional sense of like we are you know carrying on some sort of like lineage um tradition between our two families like it is it is sort of like a 
semi-random convention that the story bends itself around because the premise is these characters are forced to get married. And I just really, it just creeps me the fuck out. And I would say that if it weren't for that, I would have found this a perfectly pleasant read. If you take out all the stuff about the forced child marriage, (laughs) what a sentence. Uh, I think that this is perfectly fine. I don't think it's gonna like change the, the you know manga world forever but i thought it was relatively enjoyable lots of fun designs and concepts as i said but because at its core is this like child marriage story that's just too uncomfortable for me i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that you are like a a creep or a pervert or something for liking it because i know it's it's fantasy i know there are some cultural differences that you don't make it okay here but maybe arguably you can be fine with it there I am not able to be fine with it. I'm not going to be mad at you if you're fine with it. This is not for me. But if that is your kind of thing, it's this is probably one of the better ones that I've read. But yeah, I, I didn't like this a ton. Mm, yeah. I remember it still. It's just like, it's one of those that it, while reading it, I was just like, I'm not blown away by this. It feels very shonen-y. Um, but at the yeah, same time, when it's- it... It starts to when it starts to dip its toe into the comedy aspect of it, it just lost me. Um, yeah, it's pretty middle of the road, I think, as mm-hmm. far as like its presentation. Again, there's some good stuff here, but there's nothing here that makes you really stand up and take notice. And then because the core concept is weird, it, it takes that big hit, I think. Yeah. Anyways, we have something else to talk about as well, about which, which is uh, the anime that we watched our screen time which was a show called Gate. Um, this was yeah, suggested this was suggested by our college friend, Gerald. So what's up, Gerald? Hey, um, I did not like it. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it somewhat, but found it frustrating. Oh, yeah. Um, um, so the, the premise is that one day in Japan, a mysterious gate appears and through that gate pour hordes of European fantasy people and monsters and uh, they turn out to be an invading army and they cause a lot of chaos and kill a lot of people until the um, overwhelming might of a modern military pushes them back through the gate. Uh, Our main character seems to be this like sort of goofy otaku guy who then shockingly turns out to also be a, a pretty badass soldier and then the he, along with, you know, many other people in the military, make their way through the gate into the fantasy world that invaded them first to establish a beachhead and to figure out, you know, what's going on there. If there's going to be another invasion, can they stop it, etc. Um, and then so like most of the episodes are spent on them sort of going into this world uh, of the first three episodes, at least after this kind of like random unexpected unprovoked attack. Um, yeah. Tell, tell me what you thought. Um, I don't know. It, it, the, the big thing that, uh, that struck me about it was it's just, it, the animation style just does not blow me away. Um, no. I thought it was, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, uh, okay. I, it, because it's not beautiful to me. Um, sometimes, uh, sometimes I, why because it doesn't explode yeah well (laughs) no it's not that it's 
there's there are a lot of explosions in the show um but the the thing that i wanted out of it um is like when when i was shown the premise um which was if you don't know watching the first episode is going to give you the premise um it gives it yeah. to you right off the bat which is just like all yeah. of these different worlds are going to collide all of a sudden um and when that happened i was just like oh it's like an escaflone and i was like i fucking love escaflone mm. and i want to get with this um and then instead of that they were just like uh, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing like magical girls and also a war anime and also uh, weird like space opera anime slammed in together uh-huh. at the same time um and i was yeah. like okay well if you're going to do this then you have to like blow me away with like the beauty of it and then instead of that i got like generic anime people and i was just like ugh and the frame rate i was like <laughs> they they turn up the frame rate at some points and then cg some of the frame rates sometimes um which just it, it left me going like it just it is so vanilla for me that I, I was just like, I need something extra on top in order to make me want to come back to it. And that's not okay. to say that I think that it's bad. I'm just saying that it's one of those things that if you are somebody that loves the genre, it's going to definitely be watchable for you. But if you're somebody who loves this genre but has a limited amount of time to watch anime, it is not one that I think you're probably going to watch the first episode and be like, I need to spend, you know, my valuable anime watching time watching this show. And okay. that's where I landed on it. Okay. I... um. I was actually reminded of this book series that I read. I think the second one was called Vorpal Blade and I quit it halfway through because it got really homophobic and I got mad. Um, but uh, the, it's this random sci-fi book series about a, a portal opening up suddenly, I think in Florida and these alien monsters start pouring out. And then it's like a it sort of focuses on, science military people who are trying to solve the problem of where the port, where the portal opened, why the portal opened, if they can close it, how to deal with it. And if there are going to be more portals and it, it becomes this kind of like dimensional intergalactic war kind of thing. This reminded me a lot of that because it starts off with a random portal opening up and characters from another world pouring out. But instead of space monsters, they are, uh, you know, European fantasy people and, you know, dragons and shit. And uh, that's cool. I thought that was fun. I thought the sort of, you know, I I, I have a tendency to flinch away from um, more violent scenes, um, like a, a fight that gets really intense. I think it's fun, but sort of like violence being inflicted, especially on either characters that I like or characters that are innocent is a little hard for me. And so I had a little trouble with that at first. But uh, it, it opens with this otaku guy who's going to an, an anime convention and uh, he's really excited and sort of nerding out about it and is kind of imagining himself as like a character in his favorite like fantasy video game and being able to fight monsters and shit. And then they appear and I was like, oh, that's cute. He has to like face the reality of this. 
And it's probably going to be about like how terrifying that would be in reality. And it is presented as terrifying, but he is not terrified because he turns out to be a an adept soldier who jumps into the fight and sort of takes charge and actually becomes a local hero because of showing up and helping to, you know, get everybody organized and save lives and shit. Uh, and, and he becomes this instrumental force in beating them back. And then he continues to be this sort of fuck up otaku. And, and like, it's weird because then the series is about, him being part of the military force that moves in to invade the world that invaded them first. But it's kind of not about him for a while. And then it like cuts away to the kingdoms that did invade the world. And they are like a loose alliance of kingdoms and the most king of all the kings. I think it's I think it's like a king over a series of barons, but the barons are all kind of jockeying for power and are maybe not necessarily trustworthy or trying to like find ways to become the king instead. And so there's like this kind of like court politics sequence in which the king is maneuvering everybody to unite to repel these invaders because their advanced technology is too great to overcome with uh, them being separated, except that also secretly this is the king's ploy to get all of them killed so that he can consolidate power for himself because he knows that they are scheming bastards. And then they do, for the most part, get killed by the overwhelming military might. And then the modern day military people are like on humanitarian refugee assistance missions with the people of this world apparently in reaction to the war efforts of their own people. And then there's like a dragon and magical girls randomly that show up in the third episode that seem, it's just like what I'm getting at. As if you haven't already been able to tell is that this is a lot of stuff. This is a bit of a kitchen sink show. And what I really liked about this was the core concept. It's a reverse isekai that becomes a more straightforward isekai. Me defining isekai by a character goes from our world to another world. This one starts off with the other world coming to ours and then modifies the original isekai formula by allowing the characters to go to their world, but doing it with modern conveniences. They're not showing up as a sort of fish out of water in the other world as much as an invading force. And that's interesting. Court politics are interesting. I find them to be a really fun source of drama. Magical girls can be really fun. And I found the ones that showed up here to have interesting designs and to pose interesting story opportunities. Dragons are awesome. Like everything in this story works for me in a vacuum, but so much is happening here. And I feel like in the first three episodes, maybe half of the time is spent centered on the main character and what he's doing. And the other time is spent on random characters. And it, it divides that time in weird ways, such that after the, the main character does stuff in the first episode, he fades into the background to the extent that I wasn't sure he was the main character at all until he randomly kind of came back to prominence in the third episode. And so I think that this show does a lot of work with very interesting story concepts that are 
really, really just a half step away from familiar concepts that we've seen about, you know, military conflicts, warring nations, isekai, magical girl, you know, European fantasy, all that kind of stuff in anime shows up really prominently. But what it's doing here is blending them with just enough of a twist to give it this kind of like interesting real world what if nature to it that makes it stand out from the crowd. And the storytelling shoots itself in the foot by being all over the fucking place. Mm. And none of the individual story beats are boring, but they're just, I'm just like, what are like, we're jumping around. It feels like, it feels like seven different stories having their own exposition in a row instead of one story sort of building on itself. Yeah. And so I I found the story to be overall intriguing because the core premise is really gripping. And I found the implementation to be largely deeply frustrating. Um, I had plenty of moments that I genuinely enjoyed. And I was overall interested to see what was going to happen and where it was going to go. But it spent so much time establishing new stakes that I had to take into account. And also certain things like the the intercourt uh, politicking is really interesting. But the reason the gate appeared, the reason that the people invaded our world through the gate, um, the reason that once they were so roundly repelled that they continue to fight, those things are a little nebulous. Like, to me, it, it seems interesting that the main characters are presented as good guys. The main characters from our world are presented as the good guys, and they brought this huge military might and are willing to use deadly force with it to protect themselves and their world. But they're not necessarily trying to like take over the territory. They're just trying to establish a beachhead as a defensive security measure. And then figure out what's going on in this world as a sort of like exercise in scientific curiosity. And that's fascinating. But like some of the core reasons for behavior are missing for me here. And I wouldn't be surprised if they get explained later. But I just found these first three episodes to be so slapdash that the core concept, which I find much more gripping than almost any isekai we've covered at all, uh, is somewhat squandered by the execution here. So this is a show that I found really frustrating to watch because I wanted to like it. And I I liked what I was told about it by its sort of like premise setting. And then I continually felt like it wasn't sticking the landing through those first three episodes. So definitely something that because the core concept is so interesting and strong, I wouldn't be upset to return to. But because of the way those first three episodes went, I don't have like a strong sense that it's going to stabilize. And if it doesn't, I think it's maybe not worth it. All right. Well, with all that being said, stick with us after these credits and we'll give you another important life lesson. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind podcast network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at Reddit.com slash R slash Get Jumped. 
Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of the Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on comic book keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geeksploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. We'll see you next week, and until then... Look, if you're not going to trust one person out there, it's going to be that weird cat monster that only you can see. Uh, You don't need to trust the cat Mm -hmm. monster. Just leave the cat monster alone. Um, Go about your day. Um, Yes, you'll keep on catching it out of the corner of your eye, um, but that's, that's just because it's following you, and it will continue to follow you. Um, you know, you know what you did. It's, it's a, it's a, it's follow situation, except for with like a Cheshire Cat situation. Anyways, bye. Oh.